0: Well, good morning again. I'm back. Yeah, nice. They have me on twice during 21. 20- no, I don't need that. I don't <laughs> Maybe I do. I don't know, but uh- glad to have you here. If you're new with us, we're one church in a couple of uh, different locations, and so we have live worship everywhere, and then we merge together for the sermon. and We, we do that at 9.30 and 11.15, and, uh, but 8.15 is the backup in case we mess up at, uh, at 9.30, so I'm going to welcome uh, our campus downtown. I want to look in the back of the room at the camera and say good morning to the chapel in Richmond, Scott's Edition. We love you guys. We love what God's doing in the heart of our city. Come on, Midlothian. Let's welcome Scott's Edition love you guys you're the best you're the best and uh man i gotta tell you uh two things uh number one you're an incredible church family and the things god's doing in our church are hardly even uh explainable in fact we've been doing this monday to friday prayer at 7 a.m and uh and it's just incredible to see how many people hundreds of people showing up to pray and then we did saturday prayer at 9 a.m at both locations and um, I- there's something about prayer that I think moves the heart of God. And I just want you to know you're the, the greatest, easiest church to pastor in the world. There's something like saying we're going to have a Saturday prayer meeting and having like 600 people show up. Come on. And uh, so you guys are great, amazing. If you haven't been to one of our 21 days of prayer, of course, we have it all this week. We'll finish strong. But I want to encourage you, this Saturday is our finale. And uh, it's, it's uh, we, we say around here, we, uh, we're charismatic with a seatbelt. Okay. But at the prayer finale, we take the seatbelt off. Okay. And so you want to be a part of it and uh so it'll be special but there's something that god does in the hearts of praying people i just and we always start the year this way but it's really caught on this year this last year a few times of prayer just caught on in our hearts so i don't know if it's just the brokenness of the world i don't know if it's because i got four teenagers i need to pray come on and uh but we just are aware that it, that we need more than we have anybody feel like you need more than you have right And that's what prayer is it's saying god i need all of your grace all of your of your hand at work in the life of our church and then it was so fun last saturday between both campuses to see 130 students fasting and praying and uh, in fact my son they were doing this 24-hour fast and my son said i've never um i've never not eaten for more than five hours and i said man this is gonna save me a little bit of groceries and and uh, of course, then we ended with Mexican food. I don't know how smart that is, but uh, but man, just proud of our students that have caught on to this and excited about what God's doing in the life of, um, of our church. And let you know, we have one more week in this series on Pray First, and then I'm really excited. I want to tell you, in February, we're doing a series on relationships, and uh, we're going to teach God's plan for uh, marriage and sexuality and relationships and community. How many know we need to let the one who designed them define them, and uh, so that'd be the whole month of February. It'll get you in the Valentine's Day mood. We'll teach one of the weeks on Song of Solomon. That's a Jew, <laughs> Old Testament book. They actually didn't let Jewish young boys read it until they were 15 years of age. It's got a few verses in there. That, and so I'm working on the message right now. And, uh, and so you're gonna wanna pray just that God would speak to our church in the area of relationships and building healthy relationships. And so you wanna, you wanna do that. And then um, don't, let, don't let me forget that today uh, we have small group leader training and we'll launch all our different groups coming up in just a few weeks. Small group directories live. We're training group leaders each week today and on. You saw that little video on Dave who We're launching this group on finances. And so if you have questions about budgeting or how to make money work for you and how to be wise and stewardship, scripture speaks to so much to that. And so we'd encourage you to take that. In fact, we're gonna roll out, there's a resource we just purchased for our whole church that has online tools of budgeting and all this kind of laboratory. And we'll roll that out in the next couple weeks because how many know uh, people can mess up their life when it comes to money? And, and, And money is a spiritual thing. Come on, somebody. Money's a spiritual thing, and so we want to offer that resource to all of us. All right. Well, we're in. Uh, today, we're going to be in Luke chapter six. I'm really excited about this passage, and I want to show you it because it, it, Jesus' ministry hinges at this point in uh, in the Gospels. Up till now, he's been teaching and preaching and praying, and now he's about to select his team, his twelve disciples. But I want you to see what he does first. One of the days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to what? Come on, to what? To pray. Where are the people that you just like being outside? Come on, you like, there's something that connects you to to creation and the Creator. And so Jesus went to a mountainside to pray. You say, Pastor, how long did he pray? Well, he spent the night praying to God. Come on, 21 days of prayer, right? He prays all night. And, And then what happens is when morning comes, I love this, he calls his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them whom he designated. Apostles—that word means sent ones. That means that this is the group that took the gospel around the world. And then Luke lists the uh, the list of disciples: Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew. Wouldn't you love to see how? angry Andrew is in the Bible to just be called his brother. You know what I mean? Are there any youngest children, right? You went through school and they're like, oh, are you so? Yeah, you get it. And James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who's called the zealot and Judas, son of James and Judas Iscariot. Look at this, who became a traitor. Okay. Actually, uh, if you look at the four gospel accounts that list this same verse of the 12 apostles, they, they are in different orders in all of the gospels except for two names. Peter always starts it. <laughs> And Judas always ends it, okay? that That's just how the list is. And 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 this whole group is called together and Jesus is gonna call them to do something great. And so I want us to uh, look today at, at what we can learn from Jesus' life about if you, if you have to make a big decision or you have to decide something or you're setting the trajectory of your life. These verses in Luke almost mark a, a fork in the road for Jesus. His ministry is gonna be different because he's not only, from this moment on, he's not only gonna do ministry to people. He's going to do ministry through people. Okay. And he's choosing his team. He's selecting uh, the people around him. And the first thing he does is he goes to prayer. Come on, say this with me. It's what, come on, it's what it's, it's spiritual, right? I mean, before Jesus picks his, his earthly disciples, he goes to God in prayer, And and Jesus prioritizes prayer. And this is why we do this a couple times a year, but uh, we we have a regular um, ministry of prayer. In fact, you know, every Sunday during this service at 8.15, there's a group in this building that are jammed into a room over here that are just praying, praying over our songs, praying over our preaching, praying over people pulling into the parking lot. Come on, praying over our kids, praying over what God, because we believe God, God responds to prayer, right? Thank <laughs> you. And that's what Jesus did. It's interesting to me, before he ever selects his disciples, he doesn't set up a search team or or, or, or a skilled uh, headhunters. No, no, no. He goes to God in prayer. I think this is true of the early church. The early church had an upper room before an outer courts, and all of us need that in our own lives, hearts of prayer, hearts of prayer. And just so you can see that this was a pattern in Jesus' life in, in Luke 6, throughout Luke's gospel, it tells us at daybreak, Jesus went to a solitary place and and he prayed that's Luke 4 Luke 5 says but Jesus often withdrew to what to lonely places to what to to pray okay and so the pattern of Jesus life was to be a person of prayer now quiz this weekend if Jesus needed prayer how much more do we need prayer okay So Jesus was God. I'm going to say that again. Make sure. I know there's a Baptist in the house that will give me an amen. (laughs) Come on. Jesus was God okay so very God but he was also 100% human and his ministry rested in prayer to, and reliance to God we see that throughout his ministry prayer was essential to Jesus he rose early in the morning prayed, 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 prayed and you and I are not Jesus in fact we could, we could, that's just true uh, um, just turn to the person next to you and tell him you're not Jesus come on tell them that just so we know what's going on right? and turn to the next no forget it I was going to say something about Judas but I won't do that but how many know if we, if we are not Jesus, meaning we, we don't have a connection to God like Jesus did, but Jesus prioritized prayer? How much more? Come on, somebody. How much, how much more do we need to? If Jesus made a habit of praying and he was one with the Father, pre existent eternally from all of creation connected to God, how much more do we need regular prayer connections to God? And you'll see this in Jesus' life. He literally constantly goes to the Father before he chooses his 12 disciples. He goes to God in prayer. In fact, just write this down. Prayer is everything to Jesus. It's it's who he is. It's how he operates. It's how he walks and talks and communicates. In fact, he literally says in John 8, I do nothing on my own but speak only what the father has taught me so here's what he's saying i'm not gonna live my life the way i want to live my life i'm only gonna live my life in concert connection and communication with my father in heaven okay i've noticed an amazing thing over the last year and a half both of my kids my oldest two kids have have licenses and my minivan that i got my wife that was perfect has slowly ended up with dents and and holes and scrapes and, and the amazing thing is when I sit my my son and daughter down and I say, Who's backing into stuff? It's neither of them. In fact they suggested it's me, and I said, Well, you notice how my car doesn't have anything like that, and they're like, Well, you should be more careful driving the van, okay? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's not me. And not only am I troubled that they are nicking up the van and slowly backing into things, I'm, I might be the most troubled that they don't know they're doing it. <laughs> I mean, like, how terrible is that? In fact, the other day, this probably a few months ago now, my son calls and he says, I drove into the house. And I said, I'm sorry, it sounds like you said I drove into the house. And he said, well, I accidentally hit the house. And I said, you you drove into the house. How how did you drive into the house? And I said, how did that work? And he said, well, I I hit. I said, you backed into the house? He said, no, I I drove up into the house. And I said, well, how how did you drive into the house? He said, well, that's easy. Well, when I was getting ready to leave the driveway, I was three-point turning. And I said, you know, you have a reverse. uh, so he's three-point turning. He said, I want to make sure I didn't hit the air-conditioning unit with the back of the van. And the good news is, Dad, I didn't, but I wasn't sure that, that there was something. And the worst part of the whole thing, okay, was my daughter was in the driveway when this was happening, screaming at him, Jordan, stop. And he's yelling back to her, I'm not going to hit the air-conditioner. Stop! I'm not going to hit the air. He doesn't believe in his sister. I'm not going to hit the air conditioner. And he just drives directly into the house. So pray for me. Pray for him. Pray for, pray for whatever. Just pray for it, okay? But I'm telling you something. His life, she she said to him after, she said, I'm going to save you a lesson in life. You would do very well in life to listen to your older sister. Come on. How many know there's wisdom in listening to others? Come on. Jesus literally says, I don't even do anything without without what my father says I do. I'm I'm connected to him. Hey, the reason we start with 21 days of prayer is not because it's a cool idea. We can't think of anything better to do. We do it because we're saying as a church, we will not march anywhere that the voice of our captain and Lord leads us in my family, in my finances, in my future, in this church, in our ministry. May we be a people who hear the voice of God and follow the voice of God, right? And the reason is why, because Bible warns us clearly. Apart from God, we can do what? Come on, we can do, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. Apart from me, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. And we're aware of that in our lives. So Jesus, it's spiritual. He spends all night in prayer, and then he makes the big decision to choose his. Disciples, And the Bible says that he calls them apostles or disciples. And, and he chooses 12 of them because there are 12 um, tribes of Israel. And so it's a picture of God taking the gospel to all people. And he's about to set them apart to something special. And now, when you read the list, just so you know, there's nobody distinguished in the list of disciples. I don't know if you know this, but God doesn't need celebrities to get his will done. I know we sometimes think, well, if God, if God, if you could only reach this person or that person, then maybe the whole world would be transformed. How many know God's not looking around for somebody who can get it done? How many know God can get it done with a bunch of nobodies, right? In fact, it's interesting when you read the list of the disciples, four of them were fishermen, okay? They were all Galileans. That means they were from the countryside. These guys weren't even from the suburbs, okay? They were from the sticks, Come on, where are the people from the sticks? Just raise your hand up. Hi, okay. Thank you for wearing shoes today. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, these guys are from the country. I mean, they're they're not significant. Matthew is a tax, tax collector that was viewed as a traitor in the ancient world. In fact, I want you to see this. Matthew was a tax collector, which meant that he was kind of... Um, uh, Rebelling against his own people was a traitor of his own people and then, and then Simon was called a zealot so just so you know like, like one had a, had a Trump hat on and the other one wanted higher taxes I don't know which one you're clapping for but I always tell people I don't preach politics from the pulpit but if you buy me a cup of coffee I'll tell you how to vote so that's how it works he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them and he designated them them apostles. I want you to see this. It's not only spiritual. Come on, say it out loud with me, but it's what? Come on, it's... Hey, the kingdom of God, I love this, George Woods says, the kingdom of God, ministry flows out of relationships. We are who we hang out with. We are who we spend time with. We are not only the, the, the books we read, but the people we surround ourselves with. They influence us, they shape us. They. That's why this next three weeks, we're pushing this so strongly, small group leader training, because we just want to see more and more people connected in community and connected in community. That's how the whole Dave Ramsey finance class came up a member in our church said man i talked to some people they just didn't know anything about money how what's the solution to that and we said well what if you launched a group what if we what if we connected people in community there's something about that jesus is not only going to preach to the multitudes he's going to spend a few time uh, uh, quite a bit of time with designated leaders and pour into them and this group is so ordinary in fact when the after jesus resurrection when the gospel starts spreading all over Jerusalem. They go and investigate what's changing the cities and they're confused. They literally describe the leaders as this way, unschooled, ordinary men. Do I have any ordinary people in the room today? How many know we're ordinary people, right? How many know God doesn't need something special to do something special? He uses nobodies who recognize they're nobodies because they'll glorify a great somebody, you know. In fact, I'll never forget when God called me, I was 15 or 16 to be a pastor. I was the most shy person in the world. You can ask my wife. uh, uh, She knew me in high school and junior high. In fact, her mom was my third grade teacher growing up. I was the weird kid. Come on. You say, I find that easy to believe. That's fine. (laughs) I remember in first grade, I was picking my nose with my eraser on the pencil and the eraser broke off in my nose and I, I was special like that. And. Uh Tried, I didn't even want to tell the teacher, so I went and I tried to call a nine one one on a payphone. I was just so introverted, so strange. I mean, so backwards. In fact, I, when I told my mom at fifteen years old that I felt like God was calling me to be a pastor, I'll never forget my mom trying to fake excitement when your mom doesn't believe you can do it. That's great. But how many know God looks around for the least likely people to use, right? Why? So that the glory can go from God. The glory can go to God. The glory can go to God. God chooses this 12, these 12 guys who didn't. And listen, let's be careful. We don't get to the place in our life where we think God got a good deal when he picked us. God got an ordinary person when he picked us, but the great news is he loves to use ordinary people, right? Somebody said the ordinary people, it must be special because there's so many of them, right? In fact, these 12 apostles that had no, they're just Galilean farmers. They're not, they're not elites. There's no, no scribes, no Pharisees, no rulers. There's no temple temple synagogue leaders, none of them in that group, but God's gonna choose this group to do incredible things. And these tw- this group of 12 no-named apostles, it's amazing. At the end of time in heaven, the Bible actually says this group of no names on the gates of heaven will be written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And there will be three gates on the east and three on the north and three on the south and three on the west. And the walls of the city had 12 foundations and upon them were written the names of the what? Come on, the 12 apostles. So literally God chooses chooses a group of nobodies and then he uses them in a huge way. If you're here this weekend and you're wondering, can God use me? I don't have unusual gifts or abilities or talents. Listen, I think God's just, somebody said the greatest ability is availability, right? And what God does is he uses ordinary people, right? In fact, I want to just show you one verse because in the Old Testament, God chose a guy to deliver his people. His name was Gideon. And God came to him in a fearful moment and said, I'm going to use you in a big way. And I love Gideon's response. He says, pardon me, Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm, I'm not even in the leader in my... Nobody even listens to me when I want to pick where we go to eat, Okay. I'm the least in my family, right? And yet God is going to choose to use Gideon in so much of a powerful way. In fact, it's kind of amazing. We don't have time to look at it all. But God actually comes to Gideon the next chapter. And he says to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands. Now, can I ask you a question? Do you, is, God has a math problem. God comes to Gideon and says, your army's too big in order to win. How many know that's usually not how it goes? But here's what God is doing. He's trying to teach his people that he doesn't win by the size of a military army. He wins by the size of his own strong arm, right? And I think I love what Robert Coleman says. Uh, he says, while the church is looking for methods to move the multitudes, God's just simply looking for people, for people who have the right heart who will follow after God's Just looking for humble vessels and and people that will be be submitted and 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 sacrifice and surrendered to what God would do in our community. I don't think that we're a bunch of special people here at the chapel, right? Like somebody met me a couple first Wednesdays ago, and they said, "Man." I've seen the chapel really growing. And then I met you and I'm I'm just, what's the secret? They were kind of looking at me like, what is the deal? You know? And I was like, listen, nobody's more surprised than we are. We're just, we're just ordinary people being used by an extraordinary God, right? There's something about staying in that posture of saying, God, in humility and humanity, you would choose to use us to even be a part of your kingdom. And it's all relational. In fact, Jesus, instead of just preaching to the multitudes himself, he's going to raise up leaders. He's going to invest in these apostles. And they're going to use their gifts to glorify God and change the world. It's spiritual, but it's also relational. It's also spiritual, but it's also what? Come on, it's relational. relational. And then I want you to see what happens. After they pick, after Jesus selects his disciples, I want you to see this. Here's what the Bible says. And he went down with them and stood at a level place. And large crowds of his disciples were there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and he healed them all. So I want you to see this. Jesus not only had a connection on a mountainside to pray to his father, but he went down into the valley to meet the needs of people. And in humility and in in love and in care, Jesus went to those who were troubled, those who had impure spirits. Those who were making a different, I mean, in the middle of their brokenness. And they just said, if I can just get near to touch him, that all of their life would be changed. Meaning Jesus not only spent time with God and raised up leaders, he reached out to the lost people around him. He went to where the needs were, where the people were. I think this is true. The people that go up to God in prayer also go down to people in need. Jesus not only had a connection to his heavenly father, but he was willing to to, to get his hands dirty in the needs of people and in the brokenness of humanity and to interject himself. I think the words here from Luke are instructive. He went down with them, meaning he he literally said, we're not just going to stay here huddled among ourselves. We're going to go down to where the need is. We're going to go down to where the need is and let God use us in big ways. That's one of the things I love about our church. We have all these outreach small groups and so I'm watching on uh, third Thursday as a bunch of our team is down just making meals at the Salvation Army and handing out food on the streets how many think we ought to be a church that not only worships God but gets on the streets where real people are and love on them and care for them right it's not only it's not only spiritual and it's not only relational I want you to just get this word in our spirits today it's oh sorry it's come on it's what it's missional missional it means we have a mission. We have a mission. And Jesus said he came. Jesus had a mission to seek, Luke 19, 10, to seek and to save that which is lost. He had a mission. He had a mission. In fact, I promised we wouldn't roll it out for, for another month, but there has been a miracle missions opportunity that just got opened to our church in the last week that we could have never orchestrated on our own. Don't you want to hear what it is? The team made me promise I wouldn't cuz they thought I would do this kind of thing. And so in just a couple of weeks, we're going to roll this out because we want to do it in an orderly way and the organization that we're partnering with and let them, but I mean, there's just an opportunity to not only make a difference in this room, not only make a difference in the city, in Richmond and Espanol, but there's an opportunity for ministry partnership that blows our minds because how many know Jesus is about reaching the one that's far away from him, right? the one that doesn't have a relationship with him. And that's what Jesus did. He not only, he not only lived uh, in community with the Father, and he not only lived in community with other believers, but he lived on mission, knowing that he had an opportunity to share his faith with other people. So one of my uh, New Year's resolutions is to go to the gym a little more. So I started going to the gym. And let me tell you what I love at the end of the gym, the sauna. Come on, somebody, give me a sauna in this house. Anybody with a sauna? Okay. Uh, and so I'm sitting in the sauna. This is last week with a guy who comes in and I start making small talk with him. And I asked him what he did for a living. And he starts to tell me that he sells this supplemental insurance. And, but it's so good through the government that, that no one has to pay for it. And so he says, the greatest thing about what I do is when people ask me what are you going to try to sell me I always tell them I'm going to tell you what the product is but I need to tell you first it's free and the only reason I tell you it's free is because by the end when you hear how good it is you're going to ask me how much I have to pay and I'm going to tell you again it's free just so you know this deal's so good it's free and he tells me this whole story and um, then he turns to me and he says well what do you do for a living and I said I pretty much do the same thing as you he said, you sell insurance? I said, well, sort of. Uh. <laughs> I said, no, but I, I kind of se- I guess you could say I kind of sell a product that is kind of the same as yours. I almost have to tell people up front it's free. Because once I tell them how good the product is, they're going to ask how much it, t- it costs, and it's really free. And it's free. And he said, what's your product? And I said, oh, you don't want to hear what my product is. Some people get offended by my product. Now he's leaning closer. Come on, he's getting closer to me in the sauna. <laughs> I said, it's really kind of the same. That's amazing. We do the same thing. He said, You gotta tell me what you do. You gotta tell me what you do. I said, I'm a pastor. And he goes, Oh, you got me, you know. <laughs> and then he said, What do you mean it's free though? Because you know, religion demands some things of you. And I said, Well, no, 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 that's I'm not in the religion business. And he said, And he goes, Are you a cult? And I said, I don't think so. Uh, But religion says you got to do something. Uh, We we don't think you got to do anything. In our church, we think, believe it or not, that Jesus, that that we actually had so much to do to get reconnected to God that we needed a Savior to die on a cross and do for us. And I shared the gospel. Come on in a sauna, okay? By the last three minutes, I've been in there too long, but I said, God... If I die in here, you know my heart. uh, (laughs) You know, one of the things God's put on my heart this year, this this is just one of the things God put on my heart in 21 days of prayer, is to share my faith more often off the stage. Okay. And so I'm just looking for opportunities <laughs> off the stage, you know. And, and we keep sharing the gospel on the stage, but I feel like God told me, like, wherever you are, you know, just, just look for opportunities to share your faith a little, a little more, more, nah, because it's all about the one. And I just, man, I, I just have this thought in my heart. And I know we got multiple services and full seats and all these kind of things. But the danger of the church is to think that our mission is done. I actually read a study that said that Christianity is growing at its fastest rate almost in human history in almost all the countries. But there are seven countries in the world that are either plateaued or declining in Christianity. And guess what? We're one of the seven countries that it appears to be, that, not declining, but appears to be professing Christians have plateaued in our country. And, and you know what I think a work of the Holy Spirit does and a work of prayer does? It helps us reach people. Hey chapel, what does it matter if we're not just reaching people? I mean, isn't this what we're doing around here? Are we trying to just sing songs or hand out coffee or Or connect in groups to chat a little bit. No, no. We're trying to, we're trying to help people realize, Hey, there's a product that when I tell you about it, you're going to think how much does it cost? And it's going to be free. It's the ultimate story of God rescuing people. It's, it's missional, meaning the danger of church life as churches grow and they get, they, they, they move forward is for us to think it's all about us. But how many know it's not about us? It's about the people that have yet to hear profess love and treasure Jesus. We're going to be a church that's about the one come on we're gonna be about a church that's about the sauna guy come on like we're gonna be a church that's sharing our faith with the community around us we're gonna be a church that says no 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 this is a place where if you don't know Jesus we're offering you the message of the gospel because here's the great news it's not about joining a church it's not about a membership it's about hearing the free gift of the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world who was crucified dead buried and rose again that we might not have to pay the penalty for our own sin but that he would pay it for us, right? In fact, C.S. Lewis said, we everybody will have their sins paid in one of two ways. You can either let Jesus pay for them for you, or you can pay for them yourself. And, and that means eternal separation from God. But how many of you want to want to do the first way, right? Because of his blood and nails and cross, our sins can be forgiven. Our hearts can be. And I love this. Jesus not only spent the night in prayer and not only trained a group of guys, but he said there's got to come a moment in our lives where we get off of the mountain and get down in the valley and get loving people and serving people and caring for people in fact jesus said if you love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength what else will you do you'll love your what your neighbor as yourself don't you want to be a part of a community that loves this community right that loves this neighbor listen i know the world is broken but we can't just curse the darkness how many know we have to to shine a light in the darkness right you can yell at the darkness and curse it and say don't be dark but how many of sinners are just sinning because they're sinners and how many know before we knew Jesus, we we're sinners because we're sinners. But God has shown his own grace through us in the, the message of Jesus that, that God has come to rescue sinners. Titus 3, 5, he saved us. Let's, let's be not only about the prayer, not only about the community but then a church that looks outward today, that looks outward this week, that looks in the next few weeks in February and March as we roll out some new vision as a church, it's gonna be a church that believes that, that God's gonna reach more people, okay? That God's gonna reach more people through the life of our church, okay? In fact, we just sent this out as a thank you to, to many of you, you'll find it in the mail, that last year, I think they counted like 730 people made decisions for jesus in chapel services come on in. catch this two 265 people water baptized come on declaring their faith in jesus and yet yeah, i think god's called us to do more because because if you look at the studies it's not it's not growing and we exist we exist to make it hard to go to hell in richmond Come on, it ought to be hard to go to hell in Richmond because the chapel's here, trusting God, believing God, not, not being mean-spirited, just hearts overflowing with love. Let me tell you about a man who knew all the things I'd ever done wrong and yet gave me grace, and he can do the same for you. We're a church on mission. Come on, we're a church on what? On. Come on, we're a church on what? On, on mission, and God's going to do it in a big way. Come on, let's stand all over this room and... Uh, Man, I got to tell you, so many of you at 815 are on mission, you know. Some of you are like, I'd rather go to the 930 service, but I come to 815 just to make space. How many know that's on mission, right? How many know when you're stuck in traffic in just a minute, pulling out of the parking lot? Come on, that's on what? Come on, on mission. Somebody said, is there always parking problems here? And I said, well, there's a lot of churches in town where there are no parking problems. but I would rather be in a place that God's setting his hand and reaching people, glorifying his name. Man, hold your hands like this all over the room. So God, we love you today. Would you help us to pray? God, as we head into the last week of 21 Days of Prayer, help us to be a people of prayer. God, as you're launching all these groups, help us to be a people of relationships. God, after we've prayed and after we've huddled in our groups and formed community, God, would we come down off the mountain (laughs) and love on our neighbors, love on the people across the street, love on people in traffic jams. God, I pray that you would send a revival in our church that would help us reach every man and woman and boy and girl. And it would be hard to get away from the relentless tracking of God's grace in Richmond, Virginia. Do it in our lives. So now as you go, I pray God will go with you. Would his grace be upon you? with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the love of God the Father surround you in every way for we pray it in Jesus' name. And Everybody said Amen. amen. See you next Sunday. We love you, chapel. Happy Sunday. God bless you.